Hello friends, dearly beloved. I'm so glad that you were able to join me this morning or you stumbled upon this video. You are about to hear God's word, God's love, God's heart and get a sneak peek into the heart of the Savior. All right, so this is what I call Bible talks and from the comfort of my home to yours, I'm hoping that week after week, uh, whenever we have the chance, we will be able to share God's word with you encourage your hearts, strengthen your resolve to stick it out, to stand on uh, for, for Christ, to uh, keep believing, to shun doubts and to work through some of the hardest things that happen. There are difficult things that happen in life that make you question God. Isn't that right? Make you question yourself that make you want to give up or perhaps make you want to uh, you know, storm on ahead, but on your own without others, other people's help. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what your journey has been like. But one thing I can promise you is that God is for you and not against you. God is for you and not against you. So try and find the time once a week to join me just for these few minutes and I'm calling it Bible Talks because the Bible talks. The Bible talks, the Bible speaks to our time. It speaks to our situation and it speaks straight to our heart. The author of the Bible is alive and he loves you and cares for you. And he has a word for you every time you come into him. Remember, he's a father. He's a father who cares for you and you are his child. So today I want to get into it and I want to tell you exactly what the word says. I'm not going to tell you what I think. I'm not going to tell you any uh, options of what you can believe, what you cannot believe. I will place the truth in front of you and I will expect you in your wisdom and the conviction of your heart to deal with it between you and God. And I'm going to pray, pray over you, pray at the end of every talk and hope and pray to God that you are holding his hand as tightly as ever. Now, this is more of a continuation of a series that I started with my church. And now I'm going on air, so to speak, on YouTube or uh, online just to share this with a lot many more people who just might be interested, like you, for instance. And I know you have a hunger and thirst for God and for his word. And therefore, I want to share this with you. So if you will find that time and you will get into the word with me, you decide you grow strong and share this with others as well. I want you to engage with me, write to me, leave a comment, ask questions. And if you're not interested, don't worry, you don't have to follow this. If you disagree with everything I'm saying, don't worry, that's fine. I, I uh, Go on your on your peaceful way and may the Lord reveal himself to you at a, at a later stage. But for those of you who do want to grow, I'm here for you and I want to serve you in this particular capacity. So this beautiful passage that we have been picking up and talking about at church, we are now going public with it. And uh, John 17 was that passage. In the Gospel of John, John chapter 17 is particularly uh, important because it is the high priestly prayer. Jesus is the high priest. He is the great high priest because he is our greatest advocate. So I've named this series the greatest advocate. And he is in heaven. He is real. He is alive and he is speaking for you. You are spoken for. 
You are spoken for. You are advocated for. You have an advocate in heaven who living, who's living, breathing and loves you and is committed to you. He's in fact covered you and has made a deal with you, a lease deed with you to, to be able to take care of any, any violation on your part, any brokenness on your part. He has covered you with his blood. Isn't that amazing? He has covered you with his sacrifice, whatever he did on the cross, which you know about. And I can tell you again. So this high priest prays for you. This high priest prays for you. So we have a Jesus who went to the cross, paid for your sin, died, rose again, making the old covenant obsolete, writing a new covenant with his blood and now advocating to ensure the execution of that new covenant. You need to commit your whole life to just understanding that. If you just got that, your life will never be the same again. If you just got what he's all about, your prayer life will never be the same again. So the high priestly prayer is about understanding who this is, who is standing in the courts of heaven, speaking for you, rooting for you, praying for you. So we've been talking about this Jesus, and I hope that you will continue with us till we finish this beautiful chapter, chapter 17. Today is part two, and I'm going to talk about how we are protected by his name. We are protected by his name. You know, when people pray, I've often listened very carefully when people pray. And when people pray, you are able to pick up their heart. You're able to pick up their passion their greatest fears. It all comes out, you know, while they are praying, their longings. That's when they really get real with God. So this chapter allows us to see into the heart of Christ who is praying for us. We kind of get a sneak preview, almost like we've, uh, we've stuck a wire on Jesus' back and, and we were picking up on his words between him and the Father. These three verses in chapter 17 says this. Jesus is saying, I am praying for them. And he's talking to the father. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. They are yours. All mine are yours and all yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world. That means he had gone to be with the father. He had risen again and ascended to heaven. But they are still in the world. So he's praying for them. And I am coming to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name. Don't you ever forget this. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. That they may be one, even as we are one. He says, I am not in the world. But they are in the world. So let's get into it. Okay, uh, you'll see the verses on the screen if you don't have a Bible and you can always write to me and I'll send you a Bible. But here are three things I see in the three verses. He says, first and foremost, I am praying for them. I am praying for them. That is what Jesus is doing right now. That is his ministry right now. He is praying for you. He is our greatest advocate. If you're taking notes by any chance, write this down. Jesus prays for our protection because we belong to God the Father. Those who are his children are covered in prayer. Jesus prays for our protection because we belong to God the Father. Every father prays for his children. 
Every priest prays for his uh, parishioners. Every spiritual father prays for his spiritual children. And Jesus prays for his sheep. Jesus is the high priest. He says, I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world. That is everybody else. Why is Jesus saying that? Because he has no obligation toward them. And if you look at the previous verses of scripture, you will come to understand, especially in verse 8, he says, because they are different to the rest of the world. Why? Because they have received my words. They have believed on my name. And we'll talk about this in just a minute. So that makes them mine. And if they're mine, they are yours, Heavenly Father. And if they're yours, then they're mine. And we have brought them into this fellowship between you and me by bringing them into me. They are mine. That's what we call them. That's why we call it being in Christ. When you come into Christ, you come into fellowship with the Father through Christ. Jesus said, if you met, if you meet me, you've met the Father. I and the Father are one. So Jesus was bringing us back by faith. And those of us who received his word, we come into that fellowship. So we are his and he prays for us. He is praying not for the world, but for those who have been given to me because they are yours. So Jesus came with a very specific mandate, and that is to get people back to the Father. Who would he like to get back to the Father? Everybody. Is everybody going to come back to the Father? No. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in his name should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. When he came to the world, everyone didn't accept him. In fact, not even many accepted him. Few accepted him. In fact, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. But to those who did receive him, that means received his word, believed who he was, to them he gave the right to be called the children of God, even to those who believed in his name, the name of Jesus. So he says, I'm praying for their protection because they are yours. Why should they be protected? What are they in danger of? Doubt. In danger of forgetting who they are in danger of wandering off, in danger of being uh, being obstinate, sinful. Sometimes it could take over. Sometimes they could be lost to us. We will never lose them, but sometimes they could be lost to us and we would lose that fellowship. So Jesus prays for our protection. And I want you to uh, let this, let this sink into your heart. Not only does he pray for your protection, but he prays for your protection because you are his. It's not because of who, what you're like that God loves you. It's not because of how you've lived that God loves you. God loves you because you've believed and you've become his and now you are his. We always know that. All of us know that we love our own. We love our own. We love our own children. We have more forgiveness for our own children and for our own loved ones than anybody else. We love our own and we are able to, you know, we would go great lengths to cover for the brokenness and for the for the uh, violations of those who are near and dear to us. Why? Because they are ours. We don't turn our backs on our own people. God will never turn his back on you. 
you are his if you've believed in the name of Jesus and you belong to him. He says, Jesus prays protection because we belong to God. I'm praying for them, he says. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Go to the next verse with me. He says, all mine are yours and yours are mine and I'm glorified in them. Jesus says, he is glorified in us. He is glorified in us. We make him look good. We, we show the glory of Jesus, the magnificence of Jesus, the power and grace of Jesus, the, the wonderful redeeming work of Jesus. We put on display the humility that brought Jesus to the cross, to death and beyond. And we br bring glory to Christ. We bring glory to Christ by our lives, by the way we live and by the way we trust him. The fact that we have believed his word brings glory to him. And that is why he came. He came to get us back to the father. So he says very clearly in verse 10, all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. Jesus is glorified in us. That means his glory is at stake when we believe or we don't believe. When we come to him and we don't come to him, his glory is at stake. Do you know what it cost him? Do you know what he risked? What he put on the line to come down and get you back to the father? We glorify Jesus. So he says, father, they are mine and you have given them to me and mine are yours. I am giving them to you no matter what. We will get them. We will keep them. And I'm praying that you will keep them in my name. So there is a vested interest in Jesus's personal desire for you to be safe, for you to be protected because you bring glory to his name, because the glory of God is dear to God. The glory of God is dear to God. His weight and his glory is more precious than anything else. In fact, the reason Jesus came down to earth and the reason he gave his life was to bring the glory that is due to God back to God. Adam lost it, but Jesus regained it. You may not understand this right now, but it is a very serious matter that even does not relate to you and me. It only brings us into the, the share of that glory because of what Jesus has done for the father. In obedience, he brings glory back to the father by bringing us to himself and we bring glory to Jesus and we and he takes it to the father. We complete the cycle. We complete the work of Jesus. What am I saying? I'm saying that Jesus has a vested interest in what he's done in us. We are a workmanship of Christ and he wants to protect us. So you are being protected by prayer in his name, not because of your work or lack of it, but because of Christ's work and the abundance of it. Jesus prays for our protection. Jesus says he is glorified in us. And the third thing I see in this passage in verse 11 is Jesus prays that the world doesn't divide us because that's all it takes to get you away from the Savior. Talk to any person who's turned his back on Christ. It'll be because he couldn't understand the goodness of God. He couldn't he couldn't uh, reconcile with the with the laws of the Old Testament or the the the, the harsh uh, uh, punishments for sin or the reality of hell. He's not able to, he's he's not able to come to terms with the holiness of God. 
and what it took Jesus to, to save us. He's not able to take uh, into consideration that we are living both with a spiritual uh, uh, holiness that God has given us, a nature that God has given, and a wicked nature that we were born with, Adam's nature. And he's not able to reconcile the fact that there is hypocrisy in the church. This is, these are the things that divide us. These are the reasons why some of you have left. Some of you are not going to church anymore or some of you have stopped worshiping or praying or, or believing in Jesus. These are the reasons because you are not able to see that while we are sinful, we are also holy. And while we are holy, we are also sinful. And God is praying for our protection so that we may not be divided because sin is what divides us. Sin is what destroys us. So Jesus says and look into the heart of Christ. He says, I am no longer in the world. But they are in the world. I'm no longer in the world. I'm here. I'm in heaven. I'm with you, Father. But they are no longer. I'm coming back to you, Father. But they are going to stay here. They're going to be surrounded by hypocrites, surrounded by critics, surrounded by doubt and by deception. They're going to be in a world of lies thrown at them by the devil day after day after day. Lord, protect them. Holy Father, protect Look at it. Look at verse 11. Holy Father, Keep them in your name. Keep them in your name. Now he says something very important. He says, the name which you have given me. See, oftentimes we talked about the name that God has given to us. That is the name of Jesus. But he says, keep them in the name that you have given to me. That is Savior, Master, Redeemer. Keep them in the name that you have given to me, Jesus. He will be called Jesus. This is my son, Jesus, whom I am uh, pleased with. You remember that? He will be called Savior, for he will save the people from their sins. Please keep them in that name. If we have saved them, keep them. Many people think that they will lose their salvation. Many people think that they can undo what God has done for them. Many people think that they can walk with Christ for some years and then walk away. And, and when God does something in your life, it is permanent. When God saves, it is permanent. You are secure, as sure as Jesus is in heaven right now. And your place is in Christ, Colossians chapter 3. You are safe in him. So he prays to God the Father. He says, oh, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me. Why? That they may be one, even as we are one. What is the risk of being left back here in the world? Division. Division. Lies will divide us. Deception will divide us. Hypocrisy will divide us. Doubt will divide us. And Jesus stands in the courts of heaven, praying as the greatest advocate that you will not succumb to your doubts, that you will not walk away from other believers, that you will not be lost to the church that you will be faithful and be kept in his name till the end when Jesus himself comes to handpick you and take you home to be with him. This, my brothers and sisters, is the good news of the great keeper, the great keeper, the great shepherd, the bishop of our souls. He is the God who never loses us. When you were lost to him, he came after you. Jesus came after you. He says, I leave the 99 and go looking for the one. He came after you. When you sinned he, and broke covenant with him, he shed his blood to cover your sin. When you believed, he took you by, uh, by faith and he made you in grace his own. 
When you came to him and became his own, he now covers you with prayer day in, day out, day in, day out. So you may glorify him by your faith. So you may be kept in him by the father's command and you may and you may be one and not divided in your faith and in your allegiance and in your fellowship. No one has done what Christ has done for you. Jesus is the greatest advocate. Do you belong to God? Do you belong to God? See, all people are God's creation, but not all people are God's children. That's a myth. That's that's a fallacy. Uh, people say that with such confidence, but it's not true. See, I'm my father's son. I bear his name and I bear his character and I bear his features. When you are God's son, you bear his name, you bear his character and you bear his features. You are born of man. You have all the features and character of man and the brokenness of man. If you're born of God, you will have the character of God and the nature of God, and you will have the destiny of God. To be a child of God, you need to be born of God. It is a supernatural act. A baby isn't born of their own will. A father decides to have a child and a baby is born. God wanted you as his child and he brought about this birth. This is his will and this is his work. And when Jesus says these people, I'm not praying for the world. These people, he's talking about those who are his. That means they are his children. They're born of God. They have been born again. These I will keep. Why? Because they received my word. Look at verse eight. They received my word and they believed that you sent me. For whoever received him, to them he gave the right to be called the children of God even to them who believed in his name. Are you a child of God? Do you belong to God? It would be because you believe in his name and, because, and that you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the one God sent. I invite you to believe in Jesus Christ. I invite you to believe that Jesus is whom God sent to pay for your sin, to lead you back to God the Father, changed, born again, a new creation, you were born of your dad on earth and you bear his semblance. You bear his character and you bear his sin, his brokenness. But when you're born of God, you bear his character and you bear his nature and you bear his destiny. You are going where you're going to go after you die because of whose you are now. And you can make up your mind about being a child of God right now. Jesus is praying for his own. But I'm asking you, are you one of his own? If you're one of his own, you have the greatest confidence to live your life because Jesus, your savior, is praying for you. This is an incredible, incredible uh, blessing, a blessing that believers have. That the savior in heaven, the high priest in heaven, the greatest advocate is praying for them. Once again, I invite you to acknowledge Christ as your Lord and Savior and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I was born of man, but I want to be a child of God. I believe that God the Father sent you, Jesus, to save me from my sin, from the penalty of my sin. 
and that you took it for me and that you died and you loved me enough to make me your own. I believe, I believe. And today I put my trust in you and I say sorry for all the sin I've done and I ask you to give me your character and give me your spirit and give me, make me your own. I want to be a child of God. First, you make that decision. And for those of you who've made that decision and are living by that decision and have experienced the life-changing power of Christ, regenerate you and make you born again according to him, according to his life, give you his life, then you have this assurance that Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is speaking on your behalf. You are spoken for and you are you have an advocate in heaven. So leave a comment, leave a question, let engage with me so that I can serve you better by answering what's on your heart. This is a Bible talk and I'd love for you to talk back so that we can take this conversation further. If there's anything I can do for you or pray for you, do let me know. Let me say a quick word of prayer. Father in heaven, my friend, my brother, my sister has just listened to this message. And there are some things that have made sense and some things that haven't made sense. Some things perhaps they've agreed with, some they've disagreed with. All in all, Lord, the fact is that Jesus came. The fact is that he died for them, for her, for him. The fact is that he rose again and lives to intercede for us and is waiting for each and every one of us to come to him in faith and embrace his work and his atonement on our behalf. Nothing we ever do can get us our salvation. You, Lord Jesus, provide that salvation through faith, by grace. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for Jesus. And I pray a blessing on them today, this day. Lord, fill peace in their heart. Right now, if there's anybody going through turmoil, fill peace in their heart, oh God. If there's anyone who's sick, in the name of Jesus, would you heal? In the name of Jesus, say the word of God from your mouth and they will be whole again. Heal them, Lord, I pray. This is my heartfelt prayer to you, O God, because I know that you are our only hope. In this time, in this day and age, in this season, in my friend's life, you are our only hope. So I pray to you and I ask you for a blessing on them, that they would know for a fact that they have you, they know you, and that you love them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord bless you. Join me next week as we get back to Bible Talks. Bring a friend, pass the link on, and make sure that you subscribe so that we can keep in touch and you know when a video is out. And leave a comment so that I can engage with you. I would love to do that. The Lord bless you. Remember, God is for you, not against you. God is for you not against you. God bless.